Welcome to CritterCast episode 56. I am your co-host Karina. I'm your co-host Cassie. And here at CritterCast, this is your fun, wacky, weird, wonderful podcast all about animals. We never claim to be experts on this show. <laughs> it, as much as, you know, sometimes I wish I was an expert on some of these critters. That's just not what this show is all about. This is passionate animal lovers researching to teach more passionate animal lovers about really cool critters. Darn right. Like humors. Oh, and our and our guest host just decided to slide in there, just slip on in. Today we <laughs> like are joined by yet another guest host. Would you, you like to introduce yourself? Doctor. I like jokes. Especially puns and dad jokes. Our guest host, Jake, is going to be a clown today, mm. apparently. I've been in this video before. Apparently that's what's happening today on CritterCast. It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again. Sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth. Or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us. And there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have because you're listening to CritterCast. So today on CritterCast, Karina was responsible for the research. I don't do any research unless it's for school. Then I do contribute. Yeah, our, so, our guest host ready. Jake did not contribute, but he did have a suggestion for the critter that we're talking about today. Uh, our, our listeners at home will see the title, but Cassie, do you have any idea what we might be talking about today? I have not even the slightest hint of an idea. I, I highly doubt you would because I didn't preview it and it's not an animal that we've talked about um, talked about bringing on the show recently, but I mean, you know, everyone loves this this fun critter. So Jake and I um, like... Wait, can I introduce it? Yes. We chose the ring-tailed lemur. Oh, okay. You're just going to go for Madagascar. it. You're just going to... Ooh. Just put it out there. Yes, because the only place it lives is Madagascar. And maybe some other um, Excuse me. Excuse me. That. You didn't do <laughs> any of the research. Stop jumping ahead. I know where lemurs live. Oh, my goodness. I know where they thrive. This was a mistake. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. I love lemurs. And I know we've had several requests to do lemurs. So I think right? everyone's going to be really excited to hear everything that you both have to tell us with all the hard research that you both did. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some of I us totally did research. hours of research and some of us are just pulling facts somewhere out of our brain. <laughs> out of, It'll be yes. up to you guys to figure out who's I who. I see lots of documentaries and mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. more than you'd think I have. And okay. I know, I know, very little about lemurs. Well, then <laughs> I know some, but very little. Are you ready to be educated then? Are you ready to learn about lemurs? I know where they live. I know what they're called. I know what they look like. That's enough for me. Let's, let's get started. Leap into it. Oh, I thought boy. there'd be laughter there. All <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the dad so, joke. Isn't funny, but there's Today laughter. we're specifically we're talking about ring-tailed lemurs which are one of almost a hundred species of lemurs. 
They're science hundred. Yeah, wait, right. Wait, wait, I was wait, really wait. surprised by that. Lemurs. A hundred species of lemurs. Almost a hundred. Yes. That's oh my gosh. Cool. Yeah, because at first, if you if you just go on like a shallow Google search, like one random link will make you almost think there's only about eight species, but it's wrong. <laughs> Look at <gasps> other sources. Um, because it is, in fact, almost a hundred. The smallest of being the the pygmy lemur, which you know, pygmy. fun fact. But specifically okay. today, we are talking about ring-tailed lemurs. Their scientific name is lemur cata, which makes kind of sense when you think about the fact that they are lemurs, but they look kind of like cats. Hmm, they look more like lemur bats, cat bats with, with yeah. smaller raccoon tails. I suppose. They do kind of have bat-like or a lot of people say like fox-like faces because of like. I guess I can see that. Yeah. Right. Right. I think I always get distracted by the eyes and I have trouble picturing the rest of the face. Yeah. It can be a little bit hard. So I'll I'll describe their, their physical look for those of you that aren't readily able to, you know, search up a picture or bring a picture up in your mind of a ring-tailed lemur. Um, but size-wise, their bodies are about 15 to 18 inches. And that's just measuring the tippity top of their head to their booty, the base of their tail, right? And then the tail yes. is usually longer than the whole body, between 22 and 25 inches. So we're talking about like, you know, a decent sized little animal, but it's pretty small. They actually only weigh about five to eight pounds because a lot of that size is that tail, obviously, which weighs very little (laughs) Um, and a lot of fluff, too. They have some pretty dense fur going on. Okay, All right. Should be a lot heavier. You'd think that dense fur would be pretty heavy, but on a small animal like that, there's, you know, it's dense, but it's not like there's that much hair on a small animal. And plus, they're in a pretty well, Right, just look area. at bug, right? Right, right. by the, by the yeah. amount of fur that sheds off that animal uh, every second of every day, you'd think that she'd be bald <laughs> by now, but, you know, she's not. Um, <laughs> so but basically, yeah, so- I'm now just kind of imagining that lemurs are bug with bigger eyes. I do believe that bug is at least part ring-tailed lemur. Definitely. She's certainly more ring-tailed lemur than raccoon, I think. Oh, yes. Even though that stripy tail initially may may give you raccoon vibes, it's definitely more of a ring-tailed lemur tail. Um, But yeah, so they they weigh about five to eight pounds. And then what they look like is most of the fur on their back, you know, the back of their head, their back, a chunk of their um, chest and stomach is kind of this like gray brown tan. Right. Great for camouflage, of course. Um, But then they also have white fur like on the bulk of their chest and belly, kind of on the bottoms of their legs. And then Uh their face and the inside of their cute little round ears is white that's kind of ringed in black. So they kind of have that like thick, heavy black eyeliner around their eyes and their little like noses have a darker coloring on like a white face. And it's really, really stinking cute. And then they have a little black wet nose, which is very uncommon for other primates, but they have it and it's adorable. Um, And that's what kind of gives them more of that like Less of a less of a primate look, more of a raccoon look. 
Eh, I mean, I wouldn't like really say the raccoon. Black face mask. Well, it's not it's, a mask though. Well, like it looks like a mask. Meh. I mean, like, sure, eh. if you want to call it that. But then, of course, <laughs> you know what makes them so memorable is that long, fluffy white tail with black rings. And oh my gosh, it's so gonna glorious. Die, it's it's absolutely glorious. If anybody's ever going to try and argue with me that it's a black tail with white rings, you're wrong. <laughs> oh no, it's obviously a white tail with black rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like big yeah. white bands, thin black rings. And it's yeah. well, fluffy and, and defies gravity. Yeah. And it's just really, really <sighs> cute. Look at my white Amazing. <laughs> and then, like, they're... So they are... Their, their little hands, right, their hands and feet have kind of similar, um, very primate hands and feet where they almost uh-huh. like human hands, but the finger lengths are definitely different and wrong, and they don't have fully... Opposable thumbs? Yeah, they're not fully opposable. They are semi-dexterous. Dexterous? Oh, okay. So they can grasp a little bit, but they can't fully grasp. Yeah, think like a chimpanzee. It's kind of the same thing. Or a baby child. Or a gorilla. Again, all the primates. Um, On that note, they are primates, uh, but they are not monkeys. So to clarify, primates consist of monkeys, apes, and prosimians. And lemurs are prosimians. Wait, hold up. What is a yes. prosimian? I also had to look this up. Thank you for asking for listeners who probably didn't know. Prosimian <laughs> means before monkeys. So these are primates that evolved before okay. we started seeing what we now know as monkeys. And they're very oh. similar, but there's enough genetic differences that they're in their own little category. Oh. Yes, they are prosimians. So that's a fun little word. For those of you that didn't know that before, just a, a fun new term. Um, so fun fact, there there's not that many prosimians, lemurs making up most of what is a prosimian. Um, and the ring-tailed lemur, of course, being one of the most famous and one of the most studied of all the lemur species for a number sure. of reasons. Mm-hmm. Like all other lemurs, they are, as Jake already alluded, endemic to the island of Madagascar. Jake, can from okay. context, can you guess what endemic means? They live on only that island. There you go. So oh, smart. dang. Like Thank he knew you. it already. I'm smart when I, I love it. <laughs> and then yeah. So specifically, these guys live um, in the drier forests of the Madagascar island. Not, it's not an area that's inhabited by a lot of other lemur species, which, you know, makes it a little less competitive for them um, because sure. they're able to kind of exist in a, in a different area of the island than other lemurs. That's a nice little evolution tactic for survival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is indeed. Like America. Right. So they are also, yeah. just a little basic fact, they're quadrupedal. Jake, do you know what that means? They walk on all fours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They and do. on all twos. They are. You're correct. They're quadrupedal. So most of the time when you see them walking around, they're they're using all four limbs. But they are capable of standing on their hind legs, like fully standing, leaping on their hind legs. 
Um, and they do that both to kind of leap around, but also to display dominance or aggression if they need to. They'll be like, mm-hmm. I'm the tallest. So they still know how to survive if mm-hmm. fighting ever do need to become. And they live peacefully. Yeah. Like us Americans. Uh, yeah, right. This is not a political podcast. Right. Ugh. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Dancing into dangerous territory. I know. Oh my gosh. I have to apologize in advance, guys. There's like so much information about these critters that my notes are not as organized as they usually are. So, uh, you know, if you have a question, go ahead and shout it out. I'm not super attached to the order in which we talk about these things today, <laughs> mostly because okay. I have a hard we'll... time categorizing things. We'll just swing from point to point like a lemur swinging from one tree branch to another with our prehensile tail brains so here's the thing cassie though we can't do that because ring-tailed lemurs don't have prehensile tails are you kidding me they have that huge beautiful tail and it's not prehensile prehensile but it's not prehensile and it you know can't be used for fight okay let's hold on here for a second yes i think jake talked through all of that (laughs) yeah 100 percent Okay, so first of all, let's talk about what prehensile means. Right. You can use and who on the things. Yeah. Like hangfoot. Yeah. Like monkeys. Yeah. What, so yeah. what is an example of an animal with a prehensile appendage? Doesn't have to be a tail. Something that can just wrap around? Yeah. A snake. Uh, that doesn't really count that's like their whole body (laughs) (laughs) but also kind of true what else in this room what else in this room might have something prehensile Uh, darwin darwin the crested gecko has a technically semi prehensile tail it's not really strong enough for them to be like hanging off things but it it does around stuff and help mm -hmm, and it does help them with stability and all that fun stuff so i can think uh, of a really good one with a prehensile tail oh yeah who an opossum. Oh, possums? Oh, yeah, because they then go from treetops. They do. They do have very prehensile tails. That's absolutely yes. accurate. Um, there are many other lemur, lemur, <laughs> lemur species that do have prehensile tails, but ring-tailed lemurs are not one of them. Okay. Why would they have this amazing, gorgeous, beautiful tail and then not... what? I'm so confused. (laughs) So there's kind of two ways we can go with this. The first way being there are a lot of other things that they use their tails for that don't require them to be prehensile. And we could talk about that in a little bit. But firstly, the reason they don't really need prehensile tails for, you know, hanging out in the trees is because they actually spend more than 50% of their time on the ground. Okay. All right. That's way more than I thought. Yeah, and it's more than but any other lemur species. Use, another thing they use their tail for is balance. Um, cats. no. You're kind of thinking like a kangaroo. Um, well, no, like a squirrel? Like, cats use their tail for stability when they're like walking around and stuff. No, they don't. I thought they did. They don't. <laughs> why do cats have tails? Uh, it's a communication <laughs> tool. Clicking your tail. Your cat's angry. Well, it's it's part of how they communicate. Yeah, they, just like dogs, like their tails don't help them balance at all. If anything, their tails usually <laughs> throw them off balance. 
<laughs> so um, true. But yeah, it's, it's part of their body and it's how they use body language to communicate with each other and with other species as well because, you know, they're special, special little things. Oh yeah, it's to leave their scent on things. Oh, see, Jake's kind of touching on it. But can we talk about how they live on the ground first? Yeah. Yeah. So they spend so much time on the ground because they're really adapted to foraging for food really at that ground level. Like bugs. They are they are mostly herbivorous, but technically they're omnivores because they do eat the occasional insect. Um, But a lot of what they eat is leaves, fruits, sap from trees. They'll actually just munch on the bark, and for some reason they really like spider webs too. The whole web, not just the spider. Yeah, the spider web. That's good but bad. Bad because it stops insects insects from being eaten. Good, it gets rid of spider webs. Yeah. 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 Um, Specifically, they do have a favorite food, like some other critters we've talked about. Um, Not to the point of koalas, where you know they'll refuse, they'll starve (laughs) if they can't find that one food. But right. they good. do tamarind leaves, and if those oh. are readily available, that'll be more than fifty percent of what they eat because they love them so much. Wow! I don't remember to say tamarind fruit. No, they don't actually really eat the fruit; they eat the leaves. That's what they like. The green. remember. But leaves are also in the trees. Yeah, they do, and so they do go up to the trees. They just don't usually go higher than like mid canopy. Because yeah. even that makes sense. Yeah, like they're up high, yeah. but they're. I mean, like they can. Well, be they down. don't have prehensile tails to catch them if they fall. Yeah. Right. So you know they don't want to go too high. If they go too high and they drop too far. Yeah. Maybe splat. they're mildly afraid of heights. Like me. Like, <laughs> You just don't know. <laughs> I hate going up and down on rides. You know they, that. But you're right. They do go up to the trees partly because some of the good leaves are up there. But in the drier forest where they live, it's not like when you think of a tropical rainforest where it's just like okay. lush green trees everywhere. Yeah. The trees are much more sparse and the the well, plants the up there are just, there's a lot more on the ground for them. So that's why oh, they spend okay. their time there. And why they're definitely more quadrupedal than a lot of other primates. Because they're walking on the ground, so they don't really have the muscles to walk only on their hind legs all the time. So, Karina, I feel like you probably know what I'm going to say, but I have to say it. You're blowing my mind here! (laughs) (laughs) Am I, though? We haven't even really gotten to, like, the good gun stuff yet. No, but I had lemurs kind of in a couple of categories, right? And and with all this information, I just have to keep readjusting my own personal taxonomy for right. lemurs. Yes, taxonomy one, aka our spinoff, our spinoff podcast. <laughs> like, yes, really, we're that's just what we talk about. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they are, they're surprising as far as like, and they break the mold on a lot of lemur things. So a lot of things that you think about lemurs are true, hold to them for other lemur species. Just These guys are just kind of for retailed. They're yeah. the cat of 
I don't know. Feline family. I feel like they're actually kind of a... Have you have you ever watched a um, a, a Brian Froud movie like uh, Labyrinth? No. Oh well, for all of our listeners who are true millennials and who watched Labyrinth, like any wow. you know, <laughs> Rude. Um, sane person who would be, I feel like lemurs are just kind of the of like a fantasy animal creation like they don't really exist could, on earth i could see how you know being that that might be that might make sense to you i do have a little bit to talk about them um in the media specifically um because oh, the thing is like we when people usually when you think of a lemur a ring-tailed lemur is what first comes to your mind and but you just might not know that much about them but they're like they're everywhere they're common like you it, almost any zoo you go to if they have any kind of primate exhibit they probably have ring-tailed lemurs like i think almost every zoo i've been to has had a ring-tailed lemur exhibit i want to yeah no, yeah i feel like i should have known more about them than i obviously know <laughs> yeah okay what did you want to say jake i wanted to make a comment about cassie's statement Okay. Oh, yeah. Momo from Avatar, which is on Netflix since May 15th, is a lemur bat. He so is yes, a, officially, is... I had that later in my notes, but we can move it on up if you want to talk about them in the media. Um, officially, Momo from Avatar The Last Airbender is a winged lemur, which of course is a made up species of lemur. But Momo, when you look at him, he kind of has a couple different features from a, a few different well-known lemurs. So he has a really nice long tail that has a couple rings just at the end. So he's definitely not like a ring-tailed lemur. A full, but they definitely right. paid homage to ring-tailed lemurs because they were like, well, awesome. you know, people want it. But if we're going to oh, talk yeah. about ring-tailed lemurs in the media there is one lemur that stands above them all as a shining beacon of hope for an entire generation. A shining lemur. Is it really, really tall? No. And I'm really sad that neither of you are in my generation and you can't understand my love for this <laughs> animal. For those of well, you that yes. were growing up and watching children's TV in the late 90s, early 2000s, you'll know I'm talking about Zaboomafu. Uh, yeah. Oh, sure, 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 sure. The cutest. The fact that I got from that lemurs live on Madagascar. The fact that I got that lemurs live on Madagascar. You learn that from wild crates. Yeah. And the boomafu. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. So So for those of you that take place in Madagascar. No. But (laughs) the the reason (laughs) the boomafu is removed from all space time. It exists in a pocket dimension purely of its own. Yeah, it's just this weird like ground level tree house it's very yeah. strange it's an odd it's an odd place but <laughs> it's amazing and i love it so zaboomafu was an educational children's show hosted by the crap brothers i think it came out after kratz creatures and then or they they decided yeah, they maybe. needed to change it up a little bit um and it it aired on pbs it was a canadian american show between 1999 and 2001 and their little uh-huh. animal was this ring-tailed lemur and they always started the episode with an actual ring-tailed lemur jumping in 
And then it turned into a puppet version, of course, so that he could talk and explain and learn about animals. And essentially, um, you guys know our our original tagline for CritterCast was like Wildcraft yes. for wine moms. We've changed who we are as a show, but the inspiration is still there. Each episode, we bring you really cool information about a different animal and shows like Zabumafu and Wildcrats and Kratz Brothers and Kratz Creatures and whatever other different shows those two brothers had um, are kind of the inspiration behind a lot of podcasts, but ours, ours especially. And well, let's be honest, ours is the, the most important one to us. <laughs> so... <laughs> Who are actually funny. Oh, I'm kidding. We're all oh, wow. Okay. We're all Ruth. very, we like puns. We're all very, that was a lot here. of shade right there. Oh my yes. goodness. Wow. Well, yeah. Oh no. Um, we love them oh so much. But uh, <laughs> I got a little lost in where I was going to pop in the promo for this episode because we've kind of jumped around so much. But I think <laughs> now is probably a good time to pop in our promo for this week. So, pop this it in. week, this episode, we are featuring the promo of a podcast called your brain on facts which we'll tell you a little bit more about a little bit more about at the end of this episode need to satisfy a hungry mind every week your brain on facts brings you science why does mint feel cold history king charles ii of spain was so inbred his family didn't bother educating him music many hit songs and even entire albums were written for revenge technology the first video game was made on an oscilloscope in 1958. And every other topic under the sun. Look for Your Brain on Facts on your favorite podcast app or at yourbrainonfacts.com. That last Fun. bit was history. It was everything. That's, that's the whole science. point of the podcast. Also, does that mean they take their brains out and put them on actual facts? Nope. Nope. I don't think that's... I know. I know. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a complete joke. Oh, I gotcha. But yeah, your I'm brain on facts. Check them out. We'll give you a little bit more info about them and why we chose to promo them at the end of our episode today. I was just going to ask if if you could tell us a little bit more about what differentiates ring-tailed lemurs from other lemurs. Yes. Yes, I can. Um, we've kind of touched on a big chunk of it already. The The time that they spend on the ground versus up in the trees is a really mm -hmm. like kind of one of their most defining. Um, they also are diurnal, uh, you know, even though they have, um, they have those big wide eyes and they are adapted to see a little bit better at night than other diurnal mammals. They are diurnal, not all lemurs. A lot of lemurs actually are more crepuscular or, um, or nocturnal, but they are diurnal and they spend most of their time during the day awake and active. Uh, their social structures are a little bit more strict and complex than other lemurs, but it's pretty common across all lemur species for them to live in groups. For them to live in groups of what? Oh, just groups in general, though they do have a special name. Ooh, what's the special name? Clubs. Why would you think it would be clubs, sir? <laughs> um, I would like to sign the ringtail lemur club, club. please. Yeah, or, you know, gangs. Okay, it's not clubs. Stuff. Do you have a different guess on what a group of lemurs is called? Is it a band? Like the bands on their tails? It or is not a band. 
It is, is not it a, a ring? ring. I know. Lost opportunity, but it's not a that ring. That would have been so clever. I know. Uh, a group. Hmm. Uh, it is a, a troop. Fluff. Dang it. Oh, was, a troop. Oh, a troop of I remember lemurs. that from the Madagascar episode. Yeah. <laughs> nice. They're like, Yes. Oh, those are other. We didn't okay. talk about those guys in the media. Um, but yes, of course, the the lemurs featured in what's the actual? Is it just called Madagascar? What's the original movie actually called? Madagascar. It's just that's what it's called. Madagascar. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's been oh, so yeah, long King since Julian. I watched that. But yeah, King Julian and that whole. There's a show on that, that whole crew. They're mostly ringtail lemurs in that group. So. More oh, so. more lemurs in the media. But yes, a group of lemurs that live together is called a troop. And they can live in troops that are up to 30 individuals, though they usually average more around 15 individuals. And huh. their social structure is very strict. So they are female-dominated. Heck yeah, look. they are. Like, like meerkats. Think meerkats. So they have a, a, a group structure that's built around one central female line with the oldest being the alpha female and she like is in charge of the whole group mm, bees are very special i don't think anyone's quite like bees <laughs> well no because bees <laughs> are main female yeah but then, and then just also they males. don't really have gender the same way that lemurs have gender but hmm. you know lemurs have males and they have females they have one alpha female that leads their troop, and then her line of descendants is who will, you know, like royalty, come into control of the troop after her. And then, but there will be multiple males in the troop. So, unlike some other, you know, groups of animals where there can only be like the one, you know, main couple, right. there can be right. multiple males, and they live peacefully. Okay. Throughout the year, aside from, of course, breeding season, when competition gets fierce. Ah, oh, fierce. Kinda like the opposite of a big-nosed monkey. I'm not gonna know the name of them, but there's one main male, and then just a, a proboscis monkey. And then the male. He said, go off he to said a big-nosed monkey, and I don't know what that means. I don't know, but it's a, it's one of the proboscis. Monkeys. Oh, proboscis monkey. Oh, yeah. And like one big male. We'll do an episode on that. And then <laughs> oh, fun. Females. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that. What makes them a little bit different is that while there are always going to be like multiple males hanging out in the troop, there's no males that will stay with one troop their whole lives. They obviously so, go off to different groups. Yeah, they get, um, which is which is really interesting to me because one thing that I've always been confused about when we have like groups of animals that are, you know especially when you know you have one dominant alpha that is like i'm the one that really gets to breed and some of you can breed too but they get kind of weird about it i always wondered well how do you get good genetic variety right so that you can not have a lot of inbred individuals and you can have really strong reproducing individuals that keep the line going like a conga line not quite like a conga line <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, like a genetic conga line. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so in ringtail lemurs, the males rotate troops. Like they kind of migrate from troop to troop. And I think that creates a little bit of genetic variety in there. That there they're not just like in the one group their whole like lives. Like artificial selection. 
Yeah, kind of, but it's but it's not or artificial because it has nothing to do with humans. I know. It's so there you go. It's kind of like reading the opposite way. But yeah, I always thought that was really interesting. Pardon. And there's there's very there's very like strict social rules with them. So you know, young males that are a certain age can like stay with the troop and then when they're young and they're not really established they move from troop to troop like every year and a half pretty frequently and then as they get older and they you know can fend off other males easier they'll stay with the troop for longer so maybe they'll be there for like about three years before they move on to the next one but throughout their whole lives they are moving from troop to troop oh and they live about 15 years so they'll move a couple times so as Jake was saying, the males really are kind of like some characters in Harry Potter. They are marauders. What? Oh my goodness. Oh, or <laughs> Okay, so these these marauding male lemurs. Um, yeah. how long do they live? About, 15 years. about 15 years in the wild. <laughs> Um, their tails earlier, right? We were talking about their tails, them not being prehensile, and what other reasons for them not having prehensile tails there might because be. Because they don't go really high. They right. They go to the middle. That was the one of them. Chandoki. The other being, they use their tails for in a lot of different ways, one of which is communication. So when the troop travels from place to place, right, they have a territory, but they have pretty large territories, and they have to move from territory to territory in order to you know find food as it grows in different places when they travel together they're alpha female she leads the group and they walk with their tails held up high in the air to keep everyone together almost like a family wearing t-shirts in an amusement park <laughs> like matching ah, yeah. you know? yeah, we should have totally done that no those yeah. people look dumb. We're not <laughs> need that. When I got, I think it's awesome. <laughs> they also, um, they also, in addition to you know using their tails for communication, they have a unique, at least twenty-five distinct vocalizations, the largest vocabulary of all primates. What? Yeah. Honestly, they remind me quite a lot of meerkat, like just in you know they're not genetically super similar but behaviorally they have a lot right. of stuff that kind of aligns with the meerkat social structure and communication realm and i just I, never the, realized yeah. how complex they were this yeah is, no they're, again they're blowing my mind i love it yep yeah. they also socially of course like a lot of other primates they can often be found grooming each other and even have special grooming teeth on the bottom of their on their bottom jaw and this is you know one obviously got to keep themselves clean got to keep all the dirt and grime off got to keep the bugs off but it's also a social behavior because it helps strengthen their bonds nice like a family on family game night yeah do you know what else helps strengthen lemur bonds jake their tails because they have bonds on them snuggle piles or a dog pile. Might as well just drop the mic right there. Like is a that lot a of- real thing? Yes. Again, <gasps> much like meerkats, up? in order to yes. improve social bonds and keep warm during the nighttime, they huddle together to sleep. Yes. And if that's Thank just you. not the darn cutest thing I've ever seen, I don't know what is. 
Jake, you've been alluding to it since the beginning of the episode. What else do lemurs use their tails for? To show off. To show off particularly what lemurs might need to show off to other lemurs. Mating? Mmm. Ding, 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 ding. Cassie, yeah, how do you ah. think their tails may play in to the mating season? Okay. Do they put on displays with their tails? Not quite. I mean, it's definitely a sight to watch, but that's not really the intention. Do females look for the most beautiful and lush and um, plush and luxurious of tails in their partners? You are moving to the wrong sense, my friend. Oh, no. The strongest? Ring-tailed lemurs rely very heavily on one sense above all others. Touch. Smell. 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 Their olfactory sense Ah. Uh, is a huge factor in a lot of things. Uh, So they have scent glands all over the place, right? Like many animals, like cats. So Jake was right there with that. Um, One of those scent glands is, of course, right in the booty area because... That's a great place to have scent glands and dogs, cats, lots of animals. Think more like skunks, but a little bit more directed. So come mating season, males douse their own tail in their scent and then then wave their tails in the air at each other (laughs) in what is quite literally by lemur researchers called stink fighting. (laughs) Yes, and the females are looking for the strongest scent. So so basically what you're telling me is that these are frat boys with Axe body spray. Basically. (laughs) They're like, like, they were like, who could use how many cans of body spray on this one particular body part? So that no female can miss you. <laughs> yes, Except for, for them, it works. And the females are into it. <laughs> they love that. Unlike you go, girls. <laughs> also strange about them regarding scent, they also have scent glands that actually have, like, males specifically have, like, spur on their wrists. So that as they're going through the trees and as they're moving through their territory, they mark their territory through these scent spurs on their wrist. Like a, like a weird wraith. Like, what's going on there? Why we got little spurs <laughs> on our wrists? What a strange thing. Like uh, cowboy spurs. Huh. Throw them at pieces of wood and it leaves a, tr- and it leaves a mark. A little bit, yeah. It's, it's just I'm for scent. Thing. It's not for... Um, it's not for like scratching or anything i'm trying to visualize no it's just for scent yeah okay um but yeah they're not like they're don't think i i shouldn't have mentioned the wraiths from supernatural don't think like actual long like protruding pokey things okay because that's what i was thinking no like small and tucked into the fur like like just little nubbins yeah okay like knives and gloves a little These bit. are weird little animals. They are. They're very strange. I have, I have mixed emotions, but mostly I'm tending towards fondly amused. 
Yes. Yeah. Very strange little things. Um, what what I think is probably the the strangest with these guys. I have more information on their um on their breeding, like you know how old, how long their babies stay, blah blah blah, and that's kind of interesting stuff. But what's more interesting here is so we we we've said they're endemic to Madagascar, and it's not just ring-tailed lemurs. All lemurs, all almost a hundred species of lemurs, are endemic to Madagascar. They are not found literally anywhere else throughout the the world world. and the reason for this is actually really interesting while we can't say for sure why the most widely accepted theory among scientists is that lemurs escaped the mainland africa and other continents that they were on around the time that larger apes and monkeys were you know coming up as as evolution because we know that lemurs evolved before larger apes and monkeys um and as these other predators started coming up and eating all the same food sources some lemurs essentially what they think of is they floated to madagascar before it got too far away probably large piece like big bushes and other bits of vegetation that were kind of like floating along in the water before Madagascar, you know, broke off too far. So smart. Yeah. Maybe so ish. And then, you know, eventually it was an island far away and no other larger primates could cross the water to get there. And they, the reason that they believe this is that they have found evidence, you know, fossil evidence of early lemurs that were fossilized on other continents, but there's no living species that resemble them. Well, so they're thinking, well, those ones that got left behind, they didn't survive long because they couldn't compete for resources. So, yeah, they just kind of they were like, you know what? I'm, they immigrated to Madagascar. And then like from in- there, the the individual lemurs that had made their way, migrated their way onto Madagascar, um, then evolved over, of course, hundreds of years into all the different species that we know and recognize today. Like humans. No. Humans are still just one species. Well, no, because humans migrated, but they evolved from monkeys. True. And, well, um, that family, right? It's definitely have, more have complicated you been, than that. Monkeys have, are... Have you been taking science classes? Okay. Um, they haven't touched on evolution yet. They have talked about natural selection, though you should have talked about evolution already, so I'm a little confused, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, you're right. We, we are, um, primates who have evolved from earlier primates. Yes. We did not evolve from monkeys. No. (laughs) Not monkeys, but like. We evolved from monkeys. We evolved from the same ancestors ancestors that monkeys evolved from. Yes, but we took two different paths. Indeed. Very different paths. Monkeys took the hairier path. Very, very, very very different. Actually, that's only one theory, because another theory is that we we just did co-evolution, right? True. Yep, that we evolved from different ancestors, but along similar paths. Right, right. But, you know, the... Evolution is a complicated thing, friends, and I guess we haven't really talked about any primates on the show yet, so we haven't really even touched on that conversation very much. Yeah. Interesting. This is our first primate. It's fun. 
I have yeah. took, us, took us 56 video. episodes to get here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought that was really interesting and a, a fun fact about them that they were just like, you know what? Life's getting hard here. I think the grass is greener on that island over there. So off we go. And you know what? It sure. worked. So there you go. I mentioned earlier, they are like very easily found in zoos and sanctuaries across the world. And they breed really readily in captivity too, which is awesome. But despite all that, their population is on a downtrend and they remain endangered, which is super, super unfortunate. Oh, no. So they were lucky for the lottery and then they weren't. Yeah, yeah. Well, most oh. most critters became unlucky when humans took over the world, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so Occasionally, yeah. including humans. Yeah. Right? <laughs> As the we reason, speak from quarantine. <laughs> yep. The reason why they are endangered is obviously, as usual, people-related because people suck sometimes. So habitat loss is a really big problem for them. Even though a lot of the areas that they live are protected, it's not necessarily like big corporations and machinery that can decimate their population because they live on the ground and because they don't utilize like these big tall trees. Even simple handheld tools can take out a huge chunk of their habitat. So, you know, even just people going in with like machetes or whatever it is they go through with um, can really destroy their habitat. And that is a major reason. But also they are regularly hunted for meat and commonly poached for the exotic pet trade. Oh, no. (gasps) I know. Joe Exotic. Titular Exotic Flutters. Yeah, probably that. that it was probably not- that witch Carol Baskins, huh? <laughs> I don't know if she focuses on anything other than tigers, but it's probably an equally crazy person like her. Just okay, stand. stop importing exotic, non-domesticated animals for pet trade. Just stop. But there is good news uh, for their conservation, and that is that there are lots of organizations dedicated to helping um, endangered species, of course, in, in all ways. But especially there is this really cool place called the Duke Lemur Center. It was founded in 1966 in on the campus of Duke University in Durham, North oh. Carolina. Awesome. During North Carolina. What? Did you just say during North no, Carolina? No, Durham. Durham? Durham. Durham. Yeah. Durham. Uh, yeah. Right? Ever famous Duke University. And it is uh-huh. a world leader in the study, care, and protection of lemurs, which as a whole, all lemur species, are officially Earth's most threatened group of mammals. Wow. Because they're so niche. Oh, no. and if, you know, if Madagascar is being right. destroyed, that's all we have. Right. It's the only place we have. No. Um, so a lot of the info that I got today was right from the Duke Lemur Center's website because they have a lot of really cool information on all the different lemurs that they study and all the different lemurs they're trying to help. And they indeed have a great resource housed at their center. Um, they're they free roam in on a large <gasps> property and they get to kind of observe their natural behavior and learn about them, which is great. Um, and they have a really nifty list about how you can help lemurs, which is great. How can I help lemurs? Tell me. Tell me. Yes. Tell me. They, 
that you can help a lemur is that you can send a present to any of the lemurs at the Duke Lemur Center. They keep an Amazon wish list and you could just choose special treats and enrichment activities to send them right off their wish list, have it shipped right to them. Yes. Can we please (laughs) post that on our social media? Because I feel like everyone else needs to know that you can send presents to lemurs. You can. You know what else you can do? What? What can I do? Tell me. Symbolically adopt a ringtail lemur. Why not? So to learn more about the species and help support their care, not only, you know, at the center, but also in Madagascar, you can symbolically adopt um, one of two different species of lemurs um, or maybe just the one. I have to double check, but definitely a ringtailed lemur um, through their specific adopt a lemur program. And the packages start at just $50, which might be a great birthday present for a human lemur lover that you have yes all right you can adopt them a lemur symbolically oh my gosh another thing that you can do to help lemurs during normal non-covid19 times is that you can actually visit the duke lemur center it's only partially no it's only partially funded by the university so they really rely on revenue from (gasps) tours to help pay for their for the animal's care they give tours yeah we should totally do they have souvenirs i i would assume so you know i feel like they have a gift shop i guarantee i i don't know for sure so i can't say i guarantee but like they're missing out if there's not okay so i bet they they might even have let's see do they have a online shop road trip (laughs) that'd be a long a long road trip that would be an airplane after quarantine i am down for like a 12 day road trip <laughs> just just down and you know we down and out yes. so an on airplane. their on their website under their get involved they they have you know their wish list they have um their their instructions on visiting when you you know when they're not closed and they also if you're in the north carolina if you're in the area of duke university they also have opportunities for students they have probably <gasps> limited volunteer positions, internships, oh research gosh. opportunities, all kinds have of fun, fun. stuff. Oh, they do I not seem to currently have an online shop, but they do have virtual programs. So that's kind of cool. What? I know. Oh I'll have to boy. I'll have to look at it later, but some really cool stuff. Um, this is very exciting. And, and on on a slightly smaller, less, you know, less directly related to the Duke Lemur Center, other things you can do are, of course, don't promote ringtail lemurs as pets. Please don't. They are not, like, yeah. heavily marketed unless you're, like, in the black market, I think. Um, but, you know, just don't promote them. Don't, don't promote no. wild animals being captured and brought into captivity to be pets. Nope. It's not a good thing. Nope. Love um, animals in the wild and love them in supportive and ethical breeding programs and leave them there. Worse for them. Exactly. Um, And the last thing that Duke Lemur Center wants to advocate for people is to engage in conservation locally. You know, it's, it's not just uh, about lemurs for them. They just want people to know, visit your local ecosystems, find ways to support your local habitats because, you know, doing everything we can in our own yeah. environment is just, it's all about 
a global mindset and they're doing what they totally. can to support the local people in Madagascar to educate them to, you know, preserve the natural habitat and doing, you know, all that kind of, but it stuff. takes all of us. We all exactly. have to work together to preserve our, our own local community ecosystems. And that's something you can even do while sheltering in place. Exactly. Oh, I love stuff. it. You know, it's something, something as simple as encouraging insects and local birds to come to your yard and have safety or yeah. um, stop using chemicals and pesticides and rat poisons. Uh, those oh. can end up, you yeah. know, really hurting wildlife and ending up in streams and harming all the animals that live there. So little things like that. Yeah. It might not feel like you're helping the lemurs, but conservation efforts are really from small to global, helping everyone, which is great. Totally. And I love that they included yeah. that on their list because you awesome. got to grab they those people amazing. while you have them, right? I'm pretty sure we would be friends with them. I, I think so, especially whoever wrote their yeah. website. They did a good job. It was good stuff. Nice. Excellent and professional that writing. Is basically everything I have on lemurs. Wow. I feel like I learned so much and took a trip and it was a trip with like really amusing, slight, um, off-road tangents. <laughs> like, quite a few detours like, in today. Like yeah, if you I were driving try. to visit the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History, but then you had to stop and see like the world's greatest ball of twine or something like that. That's yeah. what this episode was. So Kathy... I did all this fun research on lemurs. Honestly, it was kind of a hot mess in its organization. I will admit (laughs) that. But I did task you with something for this week. Did you come prepared? (gasps) Oh, yes. Yes, I did. You know I did. I came prepared to talk about an adoptable animal that's available right now for adoption. Karina, I picked this one for you. I you did not. I did, but also for me. Okay. But but no though, it's for you. Oh my. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, brace yourself. I'm brave. Today I have a sweet, sweet, teeny tiny little chihuahua mix for you. Oh no. <laughs> oh yes. He is a male. And he is a senior. His name okay. is Presley. And he's available for adoption today, right now, at Muttville in Get out of San here. Francisco. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. He, so Muttville says that little Presley is an adorable, energetic guy who will be your BFF for life. Aww. He uh. loves people. He's a total ham. He's really silly and funny. He'll keep you smiling every time you're with him. He loves to cuddle and he smiles when he's happy. And he's naked. And he's so naked. He's so naked. <laughs> he's just a black he's, roo. <laughs> right? Isn't he so cute? Look at that. Do face face. Oh, you guys, you have to go to muttville.org and, you know, follow their links to their available mutts. He's one of the first dogs on there. You just have to see that face to understand. Yep. We will also put, um, put posts, of course, on our social media so you can see him on our social media. Um, he, he has a ton of energy, even though he's estimated to be, to be around 10 years old, but honestly, 10 years old for a chihuahua. Middle-aged. Not that bad. 
Yep. Yeah. Literally And he's nine pounds. So he's twice the size of your chihuahua. <laughs> he looks small, but I, yeah, he's, he you does. Know, he's definitely yep. got to be taller than, than my guy. <laughs> and what really got me is that he has a signature look, which is with his eyes closed and his, his snout tilted up when he's sunbathing. Ah, the and chihuahua like, I can, look. Right? I can literally picture this dog that way. And I think, oh, that dog needs to be in my window bathing on my ottoman right now. <laughs> or in my planter box pretending to be grown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and he... He would prefer to be um, with only dogs who are good at getting along with other dogs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. Which I'm used to because my dog is that way. Right. It's like, if you got the skills, I can fit in. But if you don't have the skills, I can't figure that out with you. I don't have time for that. Also, I'm not going to bother teaching you. Come on. These are life lessons you should have already learned. Get with the program. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! So um, I love adorable. him. He's Somebody precious. Needs to adopt him. Go get him literally right now. He's in yeah. foster, um, and they are doing adoptions right now too. Yeah. So they, um, so yeah, Muttville Senior Dog Rescue Sanctuary. Really, they're they're kind of a combo rescue sanctuary because they utilize foster homes, but they also have a, right. a sanctuary facility. Um, they have been all over national media as you know a good example of what doing virtual adoptions looks like they do virtual dog meet and greets <laughs> like you can facetime oh. your potential new friend <laughs> like, i love uh, it <laughs> they're doing great work as they do year round i mean coronavirus or not muttville is one of my favorite yes. organizations to support i just think they're awesome they're great and i love a senior and also i love that they have so many small dogs that are you know by shelter standards seniors, but you could get a dog from them and happily have it for longer than a shelter dog that you pick up that's not a senior. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Little dogs, man. They could go, go, go. Yep. yep. And they do, Muttville does have other dogs as well, medium-sized dogs, and then even a large dog right now. Um, so mm -hmm. if, if this particular dog wouldn't fit into your home, but you want to support the Muttville mission, you can donate to Muttville or you can take a look at some of their other dogs. They also have a really awesome hospice program where yeah. they will help to offset the, um, the cost of medical care for dogs who need a comfortable, safe place to land while they live out their final days and years. It's days, really weeks, sweet. Months. I love it. Yeah. You just never really know. Yeah. I think the only thing with the hospice yep. program is that you do have to be close enough to utilize like their partner vets and stuff. Um, sure. But, you know, it's definitely something that I have considered because man, oh man, yeah. as sad as it is, it's very rewarding work, I think. It's, it's, uh, yeah, that, heartbreaking, that, but so fulfilling. That is just the, that was a, I don't think I could have thought of a better adoptable animal spotlight thank you so much for picking sweet little preston you're welcome presley 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 and now we are at the portion of the show where if this is as far as you've gone to learn new facts then thank you so much for joining us and if you're here for some critter cast news stick around for the next the last few minutes we're we're almost done bending your ear for this this evening for us you should stick around for the last couple of minutes because we have two super exciting announcements 
We do indeed. First announcement is the reason that we promoted that fun um, podcast earlier, Your Brain on Facts, is because we are prepping for a collaboration. Woohoo! Two crossover episodes, like, you know, <gasps> all, think of all the famous Disney Channel and Nickelodeon crossovers where you get one episode on one show oh and the other episode on the other show featuring both sets of people that's what we're doing with your brain on it's facts so you know we wanted to prep event. you guys we are going to have the the your brain on facts host as a guest host on our next episode episode 57 to discuss an animal oh that is yet to be determined but it will be a great one for sure heck yeah it will <laughs> And Absolutely. then we are also going to be filming a portion, uh, a little segment to be aired on one of her episodes on Your Brain on Facts as well that'll be upcoming in the few weeks after that. So very exciting stuff. We're happy Yay. to reach out to a new audience and hopefully welcome some new audience members to our audience too. Right on our alley, she just likes to learn new things, random things you didn't know you know. You didn't know you didn't know. That's her tagline. And we're going to help teach her about some cool animals, and she's going to help learn about a cool animal with us, too. So awesome. Can you hear that? What? Never mind. If you can't hear it, then we're fine. <laughs> um, I can't hear anything. Good. Great. Perfect. Okay. Okay. And then our next announcement, also super exciting. Cassie, this yeah. was your brainchild. Would you like to explain what is up? Absolutely. Well, I've been feeling a little bit isolated from everyone and everything in the world. <laughs> yeah. And I assume yeah. other people might be feeling similarly isolated. Indeed. So I thought, let's go old school. Let's get some CritterCast stationery and some CritterCast stickers, and let's send out some letters with random animal facts on them to any of our listeners who want one. Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm all here for it. To sweeten the pot, let's send letters out to all of our Patreon patrons. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, yeah. folks. We're going to call these CritterCast care packages um, only because, you know me, I love some alliteration. If you've ever looked at an episode title, you know I love alliteration. <laughs> uh, so anybody that is already supporting us on Patreon, our, our lovely patrons, you are going to automatically receive one of these care packages. If you have a particular critter sticker that you're hoping for, let us know, um, and we'll make sure that that ends up in with your package. Um, we are getting stickers with all of our resident CritterCast critters on them, and I'm so Ooh. excited. So each so critter has their own little sticker. Uh, when you get one of these packages, you'll get a four pack and it'll be random who's on there. But if you if you want to request one, we'll make sure that you have at least one of their stickers and then you'll get three others. That'll be a surprise. So fun. Yay! So, so fun. Yeah. Patrons, like we said, will get these automatically because you give us your mailing info when you sign up to support us. Thank you so much. You guys are the reason that we can do fun things like this. But it is not limited to patrons. 
anybody listening right now that wants a little handwritten note for a little human connection with an animal fun fact and some really cute yes. stickers, email Me, us at twittercastpodcast at gmail.com. We'll need your name. We'll need your mailing address. And if you would like to request a specific critter sticker, let us know. And what was that email again? Crittercastpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, do it. It just, it's going to be fun stuff, you guys. And, and you know what? If we write you something and you want to write us back, you can (gasps) be our pen pal. That's fine. We love pen pals. We do. And I think we all just need, like you said, we all just need a, a little bit of old school human connection. Yeah, we do. And and writing For a letter sure. and getting a letter with a random fun animal fact. I mean, how is that? Yes. Like, it's just great. And we'll be supporting right? USPS as we go. Yeah. Which is awesome. So let us know if you Fabulous. want to receive one of those because we would love to send you one. It's great stuff. And Yay. You know, if you if you're wanting to check out more about Crittercast while you're making up your mind on whether you feel like, you know, you want a free letter <laughs> from us. I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, where right. else where else might they go to find out more about us? Well, they could look back at the 50 plus episodes that we have already recorded and released and listen to any number of those anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Or they could, even if they've already listened to all of our episodes, they could check out our Patreon and listen to our special Patreon episodes. Oh my gosh. Yay! What else could they do? They could follow us on social media. We are on Facebook as CritterCast. We are on Instagram Instagram at (laughs) CritterCastPodcast. And on Twitter as CastCritter. Yep, yep. Yeah. For we sure. had some uh, fun stuff go up on YouTube this past week, too. We were a little bored, needed to give our critters a little enrichment. So, did <laughs> you know a little quarantine themed enrichment. Yes. And we'll be doing another one of those coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, if you're not following us on YouTube, why not? You can follow Get us there, too. We are also CritterCast Podcast on there. Though, if you just search CritterCast, You'll find us. We're yes. there. Yes. Hanging out. Being all crittery. Absolutely. Yep. Oh boy. What a whirlwind episode this has been. I learned so much and I still have so many questions. I'm, I know. Truly wild. It was a little <laughs> bit difficult to keep the keep the train going with our with our lovely special guest host, but we did it. We got there. We heard some pretty great. bad dad jokes on the way. <laughs> Which so, we always love. <laughs> you know, that's just, it is what it is and, and that's fine. Um, we so appreciate each of you tuning in to listen to this episode, wanting to learn more about lemurs. And we just know that all of you at home, our CritterCast listeners are wonderful people because you are the type of people who only pet your cats where they want to be pet oh and nowhere else <laughs> wow wow you are truly wonderful and and very respectful people <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right that's gonna be it from us here at Crittercast. 
See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. This is the Critter Cast Podcast.